church, everybody. My name's Tim. I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor. Uh, my wife, uh, Colleen, and I, we just got back with our kids from Africa, the great country of Rwanda that you guys are making a difference in, bringing clean water there. I'll tell you about it in September. Um, but we're so glad you're here. And uh, let me officially welcome you, especially if you're a first-time guest or a visitor. You may be saying like, you know, movies and popcorn in church. Like what? What the heck? You know, uh, do we have any movie lovers with us today? Okay, I'm just going to give you permission. All right, here's the deal. I am a major movie buff. Uh, in college, I actually majored in English, but I minored in film and actually spent the, uh, my senior year out in Los Angeles in the screenwriting department of a uh, Hollywood studio, which was very eye-opening. And uh, I think that's where God kind of planted the seeds for the passion we have uh, for film and storytelling today at Liquid. Uh, so movies are a passion for me, and I kind of think um, if Jesus were ministering today, it's quite possible that he would be a filmmaker, uh, because Jesus, one of the ways that he taught spiritual truth to people is he would tell parables. You guys know what a parable is? It's a short story that reveals deeper biblical truth. And so in a lot of ways, I love movies because I think they're like modern-day parables. Uh, there's something about seeing a, a story play out on the big screen that communicates spiritual truth in a very cinematic way and brings the Bible to life. And so what we're doing is this August, we're going to look at a number of Hollywood hits and see what divine truth we can, that are embedded in each film. Now today we're going to kick off with a movie that I uh, just watched on the plane ride home. It's called Breakthrough. Has anybody seen this movie? It's, t it's worth renting. And some of you are like, oh, I haven't heard. It is a true story. It's a true story uh, of a young man who uh, drowned uh, and then came back to life. And it has a direct connection to one of Jesus' um, most powerful miracles in Luke chapter 7. But before we jump into Breakthrough... I want to give you a little preview of the coming attractions. Here are a few of the movies that we're going to look at each weekend in August. We're going to look at the movie Black Panther. Do we have any Marvel fans with us here, okay? Yeah, oh, hey, Wakanda forever, baby, okay? Which is good. Listen, it's surprising to me, Black Panther, not just a great action uh, movie, it is now the 10th highest grossing film of all time. Uh, earned over $1.3 billion dollars. <laughs> at the box office. So we're going to screen some clips from uh, Black Panther. We're going to look at A Star is Born, a very powerful uh, emotional 
film starring Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Uh, and she sings, of course, that song that, you know, it's in everybody's kind of radio in their ears. I'm on the deep end. Watch as I dive in. I'm going to save that for next week. I'll just save that. Put that in your pocket. Come in attractions. Um, I'm not, I just want to be clear here. I am not endorsing every movie. Okay, this is like, this is a tough movie. This is not like, watch A Star is Born with your kids. Uh, it's actually has some dark subject matter. Deals with issues, for instance, of addiction. But the Bible has something to say about a lot of tough topics. And so we're going to talk about breaking addictions. How do, you, how do you love an addict if you have somebody in your family who's struggling? Like, how do you set, like, you know, smart and wise boundaries, but also show them grace and love as they heal? Um, on the lighter side, we're going to look at Toy Story 4, uh, which, uh, you know, Toy Story is awesome. It's a super fun, family-friendly film uh, from our friends at Pixar. My kids grew up. Following the adventures of Buzz and Woody, they were part of their discipleship training. So um, <laughs> some great themes in there about love and friendship and family and sacrifice. So pretty diverse lineup is all I'm telling you, okay? We got animation, we got adventure, we've got drama, perfect series for the movie lover in your life. So we want you to invite a friend next week, okay? And the week after, just give them one of those cards that we hand out. It's a perfect one. Just say, hey, we're having popcorn in church, people, okay? We got popcorn in church. Hey, oh, just wait. We're gonna hand out Cokes and have communion uh, at the end. <laughs> no, I'm just, that would take it a little too far. Okay, today, we're gonna kick off by looking at what I think is an underrated movie called Breakthrough. Now, Show of hands, how many of you actually have rented this? Because it is worth, worth a rental. Um, it is stars Chrissy Metz from This Is Us. You probably know her from that. And Topher Grace from that 70s show. And it is based on the real-life story of a middle school boy named John Smith who was horsing around with his friends on a frozen lake uh, by his house, crashed through the ice, and was underwater for 15 minutes. Uh, when they pulled him out, no pulse, no brain activity. They raced him to the hospital. They tried to resuscitate him, but it was too late. Uh, doctors declared him dead, uh, that he actually had drowned. And um, it really was his mother, a woman named Joyce Smith, played by Chrissy Metz, who was a follower of Jesus Christ. And she said, there are situations that are impossible with man, but with God, nothing's impossible. And so she called on the name of Jesus, and they witnessed in St. Louis, Missouri, a real-life miracle that showed the power of God to break through in desperate situations. So sit back, relax, enjoy your popcorn. Let's watch the movie trailer for Breakthrough, and then we'll come back. We'll open our Bible and see what Scripture has to say about the power of Jesus to perform miracles today. Check this out. Rise and shine, breakfast is ready in 10 minutes. And don't make me come back up there. This is our town. It's a close-knit community, the kind of place where everyone knows everyone. Hi, Miss Jay. Hey, how are you girls? And we're always there for each other. Nice sermon, Pastor. What do you guys have on for the rest of the day? Well, John has a basketball game. Yeah, I've seen this guy hoop it up around here. This kid is so lit. Text your mom tomorrow and tell her when and where to pick you up. And, uh... Don't do anything stupid. Love you guys. Hey! Boys! Get off the ice! We're training for the Olympics, sir! Cindy! 
He's been underwater for more than 15 minutes. It's gonna be a recovery, not a rescue. I got something. We got him! We've done everything medically possible. There's nothing more we can do. <laughs> Please, God, send your Holy Spirit to save my son. A 14-year-old St. Charles boy who spent 15 minutes trapped underwater is continuing to fight for his life. I don't believe John will survive the night. You don't know my son. He is a fighter. So I need you to be the best for John, and you just let God do the rest. You are my pride and joy. I can't wait to see you shoot those baskets and run up and down the court again. The Smith family asked for one thing. Please pray for John. In the water that day, I was ready to give up. But then I hear this voice telling me, go back. Either I'm nuts or God's talking to you. But I don't believe in God. I believe, but maybe that only goes so far with something like this. I'm your pastor. I'm supposed to walk alongside you for as long as it takes. Did you see the Facebook page? It's gone viral. Call me. I hope he's gonna be okay. We're not gonna get through this alone. Whatever you have for me, for Brian, for John, So again, uh, amazing story based on the real life account of this boy from East St. Louis, Missouri, who fell through the ice. This was back in 2015. And his mother, as you can imagine, was understandably devastated. Uh, when her young son arrived at the hospital, no pulse, no brain activity. Uh, doctors said it was a catastrophic, obviously, brain injury. And his lungs were completely filled with blood. And they said there was no hope. But again, how many of you know there may be a situation in your life where there seems like there's no hope, but with Jesus Christ, all things are possible. Say amen if you agree. Give God a praise for that. We serve a God of breakthrough. Now, I'm watching this movie, and I could not help but think of this incredible testimony in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. Uh, verses 11 through 17, which is our scripture for today. So you can open your Bibles and turn there. Uh, if you're new to our church, some people bring Bibles. They actually have these things called books. They open them. They read them. Other people take out their phones, and that's okay. They're not playing Angry Birds. Uh, you can download the Liquid Church mobile app. It's free. We have the Bible is on there, and we have fill-in-the-blank notes so you can follow along. But in Luke chapter 7, we're going to see Jesus encounter a mother who's heartbroken, because her world has literally just been shattered. Why? Because of the tragic, premature death of her only son. So it's the same plot line as Breakthrough. And what I want to do is I want to read this biblical account in Luke 7, and then we're going to make some parallels with the movie, and we're going to kind of go back and forth between Scripture and the big screen and answer these hard questions like, what hope do we have when tragedy strikes? Like when your heart is broken and somebody you love suffers, what role does faith and prayer really play? Like why does God seem to break through in some situations and heal some people, but not others? Let's look at God's word. Luke chapter 7, we'll start at verse 11. It says this, Jesus went with his disciples, his followers, to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession 
was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and another large crowd from the village was with her. So you have two crowds, one following Jesus, one this funeral procession. They're about to collide. It says in verse 13, when the Lord Jesus Christ saw her, his heart did what? It overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. And then he walked over to the coffin and he touched it. And the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And this is a beautiful verse. Let's read it out loud, church. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us. God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. Now, this is a fascinating story because it's a historical account of a medical miracle from the first century. It's actually recorded by a guy named Luke who was a physician. He, Luke was a medical doctor. And in his gospel, he takes great care to record a lot of medical details. And much like the movie Breakthrough, this gospel account opens with a tragedy. There, there's a funeral procession coming because a young man has died. Doesn't say how he died. We don't know if it was an accident or a childhood illness, but he was the only son of a widow. So there's a woman who lost her husband too. So this is a, a double tragedy. Verse 11 says, Jesus went to the village of Nain and a large crowd followed him. Now Nain is about 25 miles from Jesus' hometown of Capernaum. So it's about a day's walk. And at this point, Jesus is growing in popularity. He's healing the sick, he's curing disease, he's casting out demons, he's multiplying loaves and fishes. So people are excited because Jesus is being revealed as the Messiah, the promised Savior. And so I want you to think of it this way. Jesus is headed this way, this large crowd following him. It's like a Jesus parade. They're going bananas. They're like, woo, yay, Jesus! You know, what's he going to do next? And people are excited because of this life and healing and vitality that he brings. But this crowd is about to run into another crowd. This crowd coming out of the gate, it says, you see it? A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gates. Now, who was it for? It says a young man. And he had died, and he was a widow's only son. And a large crowd from the village was with her. So on this side, there's cheering and clapping and celebration. On this side, there's weeping and wailing and devastation, heartache. Can you picture this in your mind's eye? These two crowds converging. They're carrying the corpse of a boy on the way to his burial. And at the heart of that funeral procession, right at the head, Jesus is leading this one, is a heartbroken mother who is drowning in grief, just as you would be. This is her only child. In fact, in the case of the young man here in Luke 7, Scripture doesn't tell us what took his life. Maybe it was a tragic accident. Maybe it was a, a, an illness from childhood. But in the real-life story of Breakthrough, John Smith from St. Louis was 14 years old when the day came that unexpectedly shattered his family's world forever. <laughs> Yo, easy, come on. Hey, hey, you got me, okay? 
According to news reports, John Smith fell through the ice on January 19th, 2015. It was Martin Luther King Day, and he was under that water, not breathing for 15 minutes. And when doctors recovered, or actually it was rescue divers who recovered his lifeless body, uh, hypothermia, no pulse, no brain activity, uh, rushed to the hospital. The doctors did race to resuscitate him, but he was completely unresponsive, and they actually declared him dead from drowning, a tragic, premature death that shattered his mother's world. One of the things I appreciate about the movie was just how emotionally raw the performance of Chrissy Metz was. She was very emotional, this mix of shock and grief and, and, and anger and disbelief, just how any parent would feel at the tragic news that their only child wasn't coming back. You know, here in Luke 7, we're told this grieving mother is heartbroken at the premature death of her young son. She's, she's weeping when Jesus sees her. She's devastated by grief and sadness. In fact, Luke records an important detail in verse 12. You notice what he said? He says, the young man who had died was a widow's only son. In other words, this woman had lost her husband, and now she lost her only child. So this is a double loss. This is catastrophic. I mean, can you imagine the heartbreak of losing your spouse and your only child? Her world would have been devastated. Because as a widow, understand, in the first century, here's what that meant. It meant now there was no man left in her family to support the family. This was a farming culture, so men typically did the farm work, and so there were no longer any males in her family. So beyond her own grief, her life was about to be reduced to poverty and begging. She just lost her whole world. In the movie Breakthrough, uh, the mother, Joyce, she arrives at the hospital 
to find the body of her boy, lifeless and unresponsive. And instinctively, she pours out her grief to Jesus. Joyce will be right outside. Take as long as you need to say goodbye. Pastor, I've been gone, going to hospitals for years to visit people who are sick or injured, and on occasion I've had to go to the hospital and meet with parents who've lost a child. And I can tell you, there are no words. Words are inadequate. There, there are no words that can possibly comfort the anguish of seeing your son or your daughter and saying goodbye for the last time. Here in Luke 7, Jesus sees this grieving mother at the front of this funeral procession on the way to bury her boy. Nowadays, funeral processions, you and I see them in cars. Typically, you'll see a hearse, and then the cars following it have their lights on. And in the Western world, our tradition says you pull off to the side and you let the funeral procession pass by out of respect for the family and the deceased. Now, here in New Jersey, <laughs> doesn't always happen, right? <laughs> Some of you are like, ooh, light's on. I'm getting there for quicker. You know, just kind of. <laughs> but, but here in Luke 7, instead of pulling to the side and letting the funeral procession pass, Jesus hits the brakes puts on his lights and does a U-turn. He says, I'm going to join this funeral. 
Because he puts his eyes and they lock with this mourning mother. Verse 13 says, when Jesus saw her, his heart overflowed with, what's the word, church? Compassion. If you've ever wondered how God feels when his children suffer loss, this is your proof. He's a God of compassion. And point number one, if you're taking notes, Jesus breaks through moments of human devastation with divine compassion. Now, the word compassion here is important to understand because one translation says his heart went out to her. But understand, compassion is not pity. Compassion, in fact, is more than sympathy, where you feel bad for somebody who's hurting. The Greek word for compassion here is pronounced splagnizomai, which refers to your intestines. In other words, Jesus saw this mama's heartache and he felt it in his guts. He, he felt it so deeply at the fiber and core of his being that it, it moved him to action. Jesus saw a, a woman without hope, and he had a heart to help her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Think of it this way, the difference between pity and compassion. If you're uh, driving on 287, you see someone pulled over, they've got a flat tire, they're changing their tire. You may drive by them and you might be like, oh man, I feel bad for them. Poor guy, that's pity. Oh, sucks to be you, right? That's pity. But if you pull over and you get out of your car and you roll up your sleeves and you actually take a tire from your car and help jack up their car and you put it on them and help, that's compassion. Compassion isn't just feeling bad. Compassion is saying, I'm in a position to do something about this. I see somebody struggling, I see somebody suffering, and out of my divine love, by God's love in my heart for them, I'm going to do something to help them. You understand that critics of Christianity say, well, the Christian God, he's not moved by human suffering. He doesn't care. Uh, critics would tell you, well, God is this emotionless deity up in the sky with his arms stoically crossed, just saying, well, there go the humans again, you know? Another mass shooting. No, 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 no. The, the Bible says that the Christian God, Jesus Christ, is personally moved by human tragedy. So much so that he's willing to send his only son into our world to do something about it. Scripture calls Jesus a man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief, familiar with suffering. So understand, if you're here today, you're suffering, maybe you're hurting in some way, Jesus sees your tears. Jesus sees you. He sees your broken heart, and it moves him. Breakthrough number one, if you need hope today. Jesus breaks through human devastation with divine, supernatural compassion, which makes what he says to this mom seem sort of strange. When I first read this, it actually almost seemed callous. Jesus stops the funeral, and he has two words to say to her. Can you catch them there? He says, don't what? Don't cry. Have you ever said that to someone? Typically not very helpful, <laughs> right? It's especially insensitive if somebody is deeply grieving. Uh, sometimes, you know, I, you know, early in my marriage, you know, if my wife was crying and she was upset, just like, ah, honey, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. What I really meant is, you're making me uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Which is super selfish because here's somebody who's hurting, but my comfort comes before you. Don't say that, okay? And so I wondered, like, why did Jesus say this? I did a little bit of digging, and I think there's a different reason that he says don't cry. 
Parents, you'll understand this. When your kids were little um, and something bad happened to them, you know, they, they, you know they, they're scooting along on their razor and they fall off and they rip up their knee or something and they just start crying, you know, and you race over to them and you say, oh, it's okay, honey, it's okay, don't cry. W- what do you mean by that? When you say don't cry, you're saying, don't cry, daddy's here. Your cry has been heard and someone's here to help. I can help you. Your daddy's here. And I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, don't cry to this mother. He's saying, shh, it's okay, it's okay. Your cry for help has been heard in heaven, and your Savior is now here, and he's going to do something about it. When the Lord saw her, Jesus' heart overflowed with compassion. Shh, don't cry, he said. Jesus is saying to this mourning mom, as I think he's saying to each of us, don't cry. I'm about to break through this tragedy. I'm going to wipe your tears away. And then he takes action. Look at verse 14. Then Jesus walked over to the coffin and he touched it and the bearers stopped. Why'd they stop? Because everyone was like, (gasps) in the first century, a religious Jew, you didn't touch a dead body because then you were contaminated. But Jesus is like, man, I'm not a wedding crasher. I'm a funeral crasher. (laughs) He he stops the parade and the bearers stop and he says, young man. They're like, he's talking to the, the body. I tell you, Get up. And the dead boy sat up. Can you imagine being at a funeral? (laughs) The young man sat up and began to talk. You think? What, What is happening here? And Jesus gave him back to his mother. You know, in the real life account of breakthrough, the mother instinctively prays, she pours out her heart to Jesus because she believes that only the, the God of Christianity is a God of true compassion because he's the only God in religion who knows what it's like to lose his only son. And Jesus heard her cry and answered her prayer in a totally miraculous way. Holy Spirit, I need you now. I need you now. Please, please don't take my son. Please, please, please bring life back into joy. Please, 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 come breathe life into joy. Joyce, Where, where's John? Joyce. Oh, How's John? Well, John's got a pulse, but it's weak now. We're doing everything we can to stabilize him, and we're airlifting him to Cardinal Glenn in downtown right now. They've got the foremost expert in drowning, Dr. Garrett. Now, in my opinion, He's John's only chance. Her prayer was, send your Holy Spirit to save my son. According to medical records filed at the hospital, the attending physician, a man by the name of Dr. Kent Sutterer, wrote these words in the medical report. Patient died, mother prayed, 
patient came back to life. Because he can do it. With man, there are situations that appear impossible, but with God, nothing's impossible. We believe that Jesus breaks through heartache with hope, temporary heartache with eternal hope. You need to know this, what kind of church you're in. At Liquid, we believe in the power of prayer, amen? amen. We've seen God do miraculous things in this church. We've seen him heal broken backs, restore hearing to people who couldn't hear. We've seen Jesus conquer cancer. We've seen people get out of wheelchairs and walk. There's a reason Jesus is called the great physician. And so you got to know this. You're stepping into a house of faith. We believe with all our hearts. We believe he's still in the healing business today. Amen? And so we're going to pray for people today at the end of the service. Maybe we're going to pray for you. And God's going to break through in your life. In fact, today we're going to pray for a special young man. Uh, a high school student by the name of Sam Jarmer. Uh, Sam is a lifeguard in Ocean Grove, New Jersey, where we host our Saturday night services. And last week, Sam dove into the ocean and he hit a sandbar and fractured his C6 vertebrae. And he's paralyzed from the chest down. High school student, spinal cord injury. He has no movement right now in his legs and his feet. And um, in fact, he likely would have drowned. It was his friend who was also a fellow lifeguard saw him, hit the ground, and then float and actually rescued him. He would have drowned. They took him to the local hospital last week, and that's really where God's breakthrough began. This is a story of hope. Sam and his um, family, they're members at um, St. Rose Parish in Belmar, wonderful Catholic church. And their community assembled, immediately began praying for him. Uh, the Ocean Grove Church began praying. Our people in Monmouth County began praying, and it... <laughs> They get to the hospital. It just so happened that a world-renowned spinal cord surgeon was on duty that day. And so last week, Sam underwent a six-hour surgery. It was successful. And they moved him to CHOP in New Brunswick for physical therapy. But understand, Sam is not out of the woods, and we need to pray for him. I'm bringing this up because the Jarmer family has now asked the, the, the global church here in New Jersey and around the nation um, to pray for him. And we're a church that, that worships Jesus. We believe in the power of prayer, that God can do a miraculous thing. Amen? Amen? So understand, Sam's not out of the woods. He doesn't have movement in his legs or his feet yet. But he does have it in his arms and his hands. In fact, uh, last week he did a, a, a fist bump uh, with Megan, Pastor Megan, who leads his youth group in Ocean Grove. So we're going to believe with the Jarmer family for a breakthrough. Amen? For complete healing in Jesus' name. We're going to pray for Sam. But if you're here today and maybe you're hurting or someone you love is suffering, we're going to pray for you too. Our prayer team at every campus is going to gather up the front of the stage at every campus and we're going to ask you to come forward and we're going to believe God for a breakthrough in your life. I, I want to be very clear about what we believe about healing here at Liquid. Because we're not, let me be clear, we're not one of those like health and wealth churches that, you know, preaches a false gospel. Like God wants everyone to be rich and nobody to ever get sick or, or lead a pain-free life. You know why? Because the Bible doesn't promise that. Jesus actually makes this promise. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. In other words, there will be tragedies, there will be accidents, there will be illnesses. But then he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. So this is very important because Luke 7 shows us how Jesus breaks through temporary heartache, which we all experience, with eternal hope. He is a God of breakthrough, of resurrection power, and he specializes in impossible cases. 
And God responds. Jesus responds to the prayers of his people. That's why we pray for breakthrough at the end of every service. Because we're like, you know what? On the cross, the Bible says Jesus was wounded for your transgressions, and by his stripes we are healed. So here's what the Bible tells us to do. As followers of Jesus who believe in his power to heal, the Bible says you should lay hands on the sick in the church and actually anoint them with oil and call on the name of Jesus for people who are hurting. Here's what James 5 says. It says, um, are any of you suffering hardships? You should what? You should pray. pray. Are any of you sick? You should call for the leaders of the church to come and do what? Pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And so when you come forward at the end of the service, we're not just going to pray for you in the name of Jesus, we're going to anoint you with oil because in the Bible, oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's a symbol of the presence and power of God in your life. And here's what verse 15 says. Such a prayer offered in faith, I believe, Jesus, you can do this. It will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be what? Forgiven. Now, let's talk about this because you're like, well, wait, that sounds like everybody gets healed. Notice there's a connection here. The Bible makes a connection between the physical and the spiritual health. You ever notice whenever Jesus um, heals somebody in the Gospels, if he sees a man who can't walk, who's lying there, he doesn't just say, get up and go. A lot of times he says first, he says, your sins are forgiven. In other words, our number one need is spiritual. Amen? Amen. So you may be here today and you're like, hey, I'm in okay physical health, but the Bible actually says our biggest problem is we're all dying spiritually. Our sin separates us from a holy God. So we're all in need of eternal healing. Our sin's forgiven so we can be restored, whole and healed in our relationship with God. That is only possible through faith in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. So let me be clear about what we believe about physical healing at Liquid. And I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to make kind of a provocative statement, okay? At Liquid, we believe every single Christian gets healed eventually. Very important. We believe that God heals every single Christian who is sick or hurting in one of three ways. The first is medicine. This is the most normal, natural way of the 21st century. And so we tell people who are sick, as your next step of faith, go see a doctor. If you have depression or anxiety, we say, take your meds or change your diet. See a nutritionist. Food is healing. Because God heals today through medicine. Amen? Modern medicine is a blessing. It's a boon. It does not show a lack of faith. God heals today through the gifted hands of doctors and nurses and surgeons and just the body's own natural healing process. So can we give a shout of praise for all the healthcare workers in our congregation? You guys are the hands of Jesus as he heals. This is normal in our age. But understand, most people heal through food or medicine or the body's just natural healing process. Most, but some people experience miracles. And it's called a miracle because by definition, it's actually the exception. A miracle. Why did Jesus perform miracles? Because it was like a preview. It was like the coming attraction. Jesus' miracles were a sign of the power of heaven being done on earth. Remember we pray, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, we're going to bring up there, down here. And Jesus said, I have the power and the authority to do that. 
So all through the Gospels, Jesus is healing the sick, curing disease, casting out demons, raising the dead as a demonstration of what is going to happen to every single believer in heaven. So if you're here today and you're not healed by a miracle, understand you will be healed one day in heaven. Ultimately, all believers will be 100% restored by the presence of Jesus Christ. In fact, Revelation 21 tells us this promise about your destiny. It says, in heaven, Jesus will wipe every tear from your eyes. In other words, he'll look you in the eye the way he looks this mother in the eye here in Luke 7, and he'll say, don't cry, don't cry. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away and I'm making everything new, everything new. Glorified bodies, glorified to a level you've probably never enjoyed on this earth. No longer susceptible to illness or injury, no more sickness, no more cancer, no more sin, no more suffering, no more death. Death is abolished in heaven. No more funerals, no more hospitals, no more tragedies in the news. So understand, in our broken world, we wake up, there's mass shootings in the morning. Why? Because we live in a broken world that is still under the curse of sin. That's why people get sick and die. It's why babies are stillborn. It's why there's accidents and illness happen that just kind of punch us in the gut and make us wonder, does God care at all? You know, in the movie Breakthrough, the father actually has a crisis of faith. He says to the family pastor, he says, you know, I, I believe in God, but maybe that only goes so far in something like this. And the pastor gives, a, I think, a wonderful response. He says, you know what? I don't know why this happened. And I can't promise what God will do. But all I know is I'm supposed to walk by your side through this together. I want you to hear me as your pastor. That is the heart. It is the pledge of our church. Whatever you go through, we are here as the body of Christ to walk through it with you and to pray with you and to lift your hands up when you feel weak. We're going to do that today for those who are sick and hurting. Because we believe in a God who heals every Christian eventually. Keyword eventually. Most will be healed through medicine, through food, through a natural process who receive healing. Some through miracles and all through heaven. That's why we pray. That's why we have hope actually for a breakthrough. You know, in the movie, even though John Smith regained his pulse and brain activity, medicine still played a vital role in his recovery because he had a catastrophic brain injury. And so doctors decided to induce a coma and they predicted he probably wouldn't survive the night. Call your family and friends and say goodbye. But instead of calling their friends and family to say goodbye, they called their family and friends to come together and do something far more powerful, to come together to storm heaven and pray. Lord, fill John's lungs tomorrow with the breath of life, restoring him fully, if it be your will.
My faith will stand And I will call upon your name Brian And keep my eyes above the waves When oceans rise My soul will rest in your embrace For I am yours you are my Spirit, me where my trust is without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you would call John, me I think everybody you know is outside that window to news reports after John's church family and his community came together and held that prayer vigil, doctors made the decision to take out his breathing tube, which was risky. They, they didn't know if he'd be able to breathe on his own or if his brain activity would continue to resume or swell catastrophically. But, but just like Jesus did here in Luke 7, the Holy Spirit filled his lungs with breath, and verse 15 simply says, let's read this out loud. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. John! John! Understand what I'm saying? It's You're mom okay, and dad, John. and everyone's here. Everyone's here. You had an accident. Do you know who I am? I love you. John. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> ago, John's lungs were filled with his own blood. He needed constant adrenaline just to keep his heart pumping. His white blood cells were being consumed faster than any patient I've ever seen. His brain was experiencing neurological devastation while simultaneously every one of his major organs was failing. Now look at him. I'm a doctor. I'm supposed to know better. But there's simply no other explanation, Joyce. Your son's a miracle. Thank you. 
I'm a doctor. I'm supposed to know better, but your son is a miracle. You believe in miracles? You need a miracle? Anybody need a breakthrough today? Is there an impossible situation in your life that Jesus sees and you feel like you've been alone and he says, I am here to help. Don't cry. I know what you're facing today. Maybe there's a, there's a health crisis or, or something in your family, but I, I think God brought you here to the movies to let you know that nothing is impossible for God. With Jesus, all things are possible. So if you're overwhelmed or you feel devastated, understand, Jesus breaks through human devastation with divine compassion. If your heart is breaking today, he says, I can break through that temporary heartache with my eternal hope. And most importantly, Jesus breaks through death with eternal life. See, Luke 7 is a story that illustrates salvation. Remember our two crowds? Jesus is leading this parade of life and healing and love, and here comes this procession of death and tragedy. Well, that funeral procession, guys, it represents our broken world dead in its sin. Here's what Ephesians 2 says about you. As for you, you may have been physically well, but you were spiritually dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. Just like the widow's son was dead, without Jesus, understand, you and I are spiritually dead in our sins. We're cut off from God. And when you are dead, there ain't nothing you can do to help yourself. There ain't nothing any man or woman can do to help you. But Ephesians 2 has two important words here at verse 4. I love this. But God. Let's read this together, church. Big, loud voice in faith. Here we go. But God is so rich in mercy... And he loved us so much that even though you were dead because of your sins, he gave you life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. Say amen if you believe it. None of us, it's amazing. That's why it's good news. None of us can conquer the grave, but you don't have to because Jesus Christ did. On the cross, he dealt with your sin problem once and for all. And when he was raised, he conquered death once and for all. So that means your salvation and your eternal healing are guaranteed. So understand what that means. In this life, no matter what happens, whatever pain or tragedy, it is temporary. So church, believe big because nothing's impossible for God. Jesus is making all things new, and he can forgive your sins. He can heal your body. He can save your soul. That's why we call it good news. That's the gospel. That's the hope that you have as a follower of Jesus Christ, and that's where the power of prayer comes from. Amen? It's the breakthrough power of Jesus' resurrection, and he's still doing it today. So here's what I want to do. I want to bow our heads for prayer. In fact, I want us to stand up for prayer. Would you stand up together? Stand up for prayer. Right now, let's just all our campuses bow our heads. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you to break through right now in this room at our campuses. God, we are praying for Sam Jarmer, God. Grab the hand of the person next to you. We've got to pray for this young man. Father, we are assembling. We are agreeing. Two or three of us. We have hundreds. We have thousands of us together. And you are in the middle of us, Jesus. And we're praying, have mercy on Sam Jarmer. God, touch that boy from the top of his head to the tips of his toes. Restore him physically, God, that he might walk again, that he may be a living miracle, God, 
of the power that Jesus is alive and he is healing and breaking through today. Father, wrap your big daddy arms around the Jarmer family, God. Just pour out your peace on them right now. And I pray that you'd stretch out your hand to perform signs and wonders and miracles, God, as a sign of your great love for us. Father, I pray right now for the people who are gonna come forward for prayer. We're asking in the name of Jesus that you would break through. Father, we believe, but help us, the part of us that doesn't believe. Help us in our unbelief. Father God, we want to see Jesus lifted up. I pray for breakthroughs, Father God, physically for people who have ailments who are going to come forward, Father, that that pain would leave their body, Father, that you would restore them and heal them in the name of Jesus. I pray for emotional healing, Father. There's relationships that need healing, reconciliation in families. Would you break through hardness, Father God? And Father, I pray right now for spiritual healing. Father, some people who don't know of your personal love for them, and so, Father, I just pray right now you'd soften their heart, that they open it up to you, Jesus, and invite you in. That's the most important healing anyone can receive. If that's you, you can just pray. Just pray, pray in your heart. Just say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive my sin. Heal my heart. I want to be your child. I give you my life. I turn from my sin. I want to live for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me that faith. Father, I pray for those who are praying that right now, that you would enter into their heart, Father God. They are crossing from death, spiritual death, to eternal life, and we love it. We praise you for that miracle. But Lord, we commit all the miracles that happened today and throughout this whole summer to the glory of Jesus Christ. Anything that happens, may it bring you glory, Jesus. It's in your name and power we pray. Everyone said together. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a praise. Church.